Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again to That's How I Roll, the podcast that is about the games we play and also about the lives we live. This is episode 74. We're coming up on a special round number that we all like to uh, celebrate these things that end with zeros and fives. So that's coming up next episode, episode 75. But let's not shy away from the fact that episode 74 is going to be pretty awesome. So let me go ahead and give you the rundown of what you can expect here today on the episode that you're listening to right now. Really kind of streamlined the whole show here. We've got a couple segments coming up. We are going to do a little bit of just a kind of recap of things that are happening and things that are new here with the show and with Theology of Games and maybe, you know, other stuff that's going on. Then we're going to get to the real talk segment. And I got a cool topic there, something just kind of happening today, actually, that I wanted to talk about as of the day I'm recording this, which is about the day before it releases. And then uh, we're going to do a drive-by review. That's right. We're doing a drive-by review of Space Base. Space Base comes out later this month from AEG. It's a fun little engine building game. I think you're going to like it, but we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about things that are happening here on That's How I Roll. So a few episodes ago, I was trying out this new segment called Game Night Cage Fight. And uh, the whole concept of that, that segment is to put games that are similar against each other and have folks vote on it and see which one wins. So for instance, the first one I did, I believe, well, the second one, the one that I can think of (laughs) at the moment was uh, Ticket to Ride versus Royals. Now, Ticket to Ride won that cage fight. In my opinion, it shouldn't have though. But uh, I think Royals is a better version of what Ticket to Ride does. But I understand the popularity of Ticket to Ride and I'm not dogging it at by any means. I think it's a great game. So what I'm going to actually do with this segment though is if you know anything about theology of games, if you've been listening, uh, we actually have another podcast that we do daily called Board Games FM via the Anchor app. If you don't know about Anchor, it's a really cool app. You can actually create a podcast right on your phone and the cool thing about it is other folks that have Anchor on their phone, they can call in and leave voice messages for you to put on your show. And so it's very interactive. And I thought that is just the perfect spot to put Game Night Cage Fight. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shuffle that one off there, give that segment up, put it on that show. And hopefully you folks will listen to it and tune in because I think it's really cool. And I think it'll be a great fit for what we're doing over there. So we'll have a Game Night Cage Fight over there. Actually, 
today. You can go listen to the latest episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna publish that one as well, and we'll be uh, we'll be kicking that off over there. So enjoy that. Have some have some fun with that. All right. So here we go. Um, other things going on with theology of games and myself is uh, we're still working on the Indiegogo page for uh, our our campaign to go to Origins. I announced that last episode. We're going to Origins. Going to have a booth. Going to do lots of cool stuff. Really, I'm, I'm starting to put together my plans and kind of planning out what that is going to look like while we're actually there. But in the meantime, I'm trying to prepare ahead of time and get this Indiegogo thing started uh, so <laughs> we can afford to do the things that we want to do, or at least it won't completely make me lose my shirt in the process. But uh, So stay tuned for that. You can actually go to the show notes of this episode, and you'll find a link to a preview page. I would love, love, love your feedback on all of that. So please, uh, if you have a, t- a second, just to scroll through it, look at it, and uh, get, shoot me an email, shoot me a tweet at, me, at uh, Theology of Games uh, on Twitter. Would love that. All just, it's, it's great. So uh, do that. <laughs> So let's talk about some games that have been played in the Isley House. So we actually had uh, Spring Break was last week, and the boys had a ton of games that they wanted to get played. We didn't get all of them played. We didn't get half of them played. But we did get a game of Sushi Go Party in, which is... uh, We had Sushi Go and... A while ago, something happened to it. It got water on it, or I don't know. Something went haywire and crazy, and our our copy was wrecked. So I finally got a hold of a copy of Sushi Go Party, and it's fun. It's exactly Sushi Go, except there's more cards that you can interchange, and you kind of make a set of cards instead of just taking all the cards in the in the deck and shuffling up and, and playing the game. There's uh, a bunch of different cards that you can use. So there's more ways to score and more strategies you can employ as you're drafting the cards. And it's a lot of fun. Um, I also taught the boys how to play Star Wars Destiny. I didn't get to play it yet, but they got to play it. And they said they liked it and they had a lot of fun. AJ and and myself, AJ, I think he's been, yeah, he's been on this show uh, doing some Origins coverage and things like that. Uh, he's also part of Theology of Games. He's on our other two podcasts, Board Games FM and the Theology of Games podcast. He and I got together and played Gaia Project, which is a really good um just a big beefy euro game it's lots going on i'll probably do a review of it here soon on this show or uh somewhere else you can uh, we're actually we're working on a written review so you can go to theologyofgames.com and look up the written review there for sure i'm trying to get it slotted in here on the show we'll see how that works out though it's a it's a really big game for the format that i do here so we'll see we'll see if that works out i'll, I'll try to sn- sneak it in here soon uh, but then I also got to play Space Base more than once. I played it two or three times now uh, with three and four players, and that's going to be today's drive-by review, so stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, it's time to do some real talk. Do you have 
have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames. So Real Talk uh, is the segment that has kind of become the conversational piece around the episode. And I actually have... um, uh, I think an interesting topic here today. Maybe not. Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, so I want to start this off by saying I just spent about 25 minutes listening to this. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's a metronome at 76 beats per minute, a 4-4 time with eighth notes subdivisions. Why did I listen to that for 25 minutes? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I'm playing guitar this week at my church, and um, I'm playing lead. I've, I've, I'm doing uh, electric guitar work, and it's just me, so I'm, I'm playing lead and rhythm parts. And uh, there's this song that we're doing, and the lead part is like the intro of the song. It's like a big deal. Like it's right out in front, but it comes in on the and between two beats, two and three in a measure. So it's two and three and four. And I practiced the part. I listened to the the recording of the song. I knew all the notes. I knew the rhythm, you know, the pattern of, of the lick, but I didn't have a metronome playing along with it because it's just kind of like out there in this airy pad of music and whatever. And uh, so when we went to play it, I kept playing on a on a typical downbeat, which would be one and three, and it just it was a train wreck. So I had a rough time with it, and so I, I say all that to say um, today's topic is just preparation versus wing it. Now I have flown by the seat of my pants so many times, uh, especially in music and things like that. I used to play a lot, lot more than I do right now. I just, I'm in a season of life where I'm not playing a lot. I don't have a lot of time to sit down and practice. I don't have a lot of uh, opportunity for that kind of thing. And life is just crazy too. So certain things kind of, you know, ebb and flow and, and whatever. And there are many days in my past when I could have just won that and been fine and and gotten through and been like, oh, I'll make that adjustment on the fly. Let's go. Tonight was not one of them. I'm I'm a preparation guy. That's that's why we haven't released the Indiegogo campaign yet because I'm still preparing things. I'm still working on that. I want it to be right. I think um, I I love the creative process. I love to put in the work. Winging it, I think, comes out of that preparation. You can't just always wing it. You've got to have a solid preparation there. And then when you do wing it, it's inspired and you go, you, you know, you kind of derive off of what's going on and it's amazing. So I don't know. That's my my topic today is preparation versus winging it. Um, I'm a I'm a preparation guy because I think it prepares you to be able to wing it in a much more uh, solid way. And I, I'm going to tie it back to gameplay here because I think if you prepare a strategy for a game and there's randomness in there, but if you've got a solid strategy, you can always 
work it around to the things that are random and chaotic that are happening in your game. So uh, <laughs> there's your game tie-in. But that's that's what's going on in my life right now. I just thought I'd share that because I literally spent 25, 30 minutes listening to this. Look, it's time for another drive-by review. All right, let's do this review. It's time for this. Uh, we're going to talk about the space base. Alright, so Space Base is a game for two to five players, and it says it plays between 30 and 75 minutes. Uh, obviously, that goes, uh, you know, the player count is going to really affect that. We've played with three and four players, and it comes in right between, you know, 45 and an hour, probably closer to, you know, 55, 60 minutes. Um, but both of those times I, I was playing with the boys and sometimes uh, they're just, they can drag a game out a little bit because they're not always paying attention or they're, they can get analysis par paralysis pretty heavy sometimes when we're playing a game like this because everything's shifting as you'll see when, when I describe it. So anyway, if you're playing with adults and gamer types, you probably shave some time off of that, but I'd say that 30 to 75 is probably pretty accurate, especially if you're playing with the full complement of five players. So here's a little bit about what's in the box and in the components itself for the game. There are a bunch of cards. There's three types of ships. There's, you know, types one, two, and three. There's going to be six of those available kind of dealt out almost in like a deck building style. So you've got six from each stack laid out and face up and visible. There's also 12 colony cards that are going to go face up and everybody has on their player board uh, starting ships, 12 starting ships. Uh, the other thing that's on your player board is a money track, an income track, and a victory point track. Once you get to 40 victory points, you trigger the game end, and that's that's it. Whoever has the most points after that round finishes up is the winner of the game. There's also a pair of D6 in there, custom dice that came with it. They are... Uh, I, I In games like this, I like to grab extra pair, you know, extra sets of dice. So everybody has some, so you're not passing them around. It's just something I, I find helps speed up the game a little bit. So here's how the game plays. Uh, you basically, you're going to set up your board on your board has, tw there's 12 sectors, one through 12, right? Uh, and those, those ships that you have laid out are going to have a val a dice value of one through 12. Now, those are your starting ships. When you first start, you're going to randomly draw a level one card and you're going to look at the top of it and it'll tell you what dice number it corresponds to. You'll put it in that sector on your board and the ship that is already there gets turned upside down and tucked under the top of your board because there's two values on each of these ships. There's a value that you collect, a reward that you collect for when it is on your board, 
And there's an upside down value in red that you collect once you have quote unquote deployed it. So when you turn it upside down and tuck it under, you have deployed that ship and you'll get that reward. We'll talk about how you get that soon. So you do that for one and then everybody gets a little bit of uh, starting money and, and some stuff there. So there's a table depending on how many players are in it and what order you go in, what kind of resources you get it all kind of scales which is good you'll have a starting player who and that person will be the player that got the highest dice value uh, when they drew that single card so that's your starting player they roll the dice boom you have two numbers that equal one number right so here's what you do you either choose the active player and the non-active players or the passive players will choose if they're going to uh, individually, if they're going to use the sum total of that. So, you know, that could be anywhere from two to 12, or if they're going to use the two dice numbers individually. And if they do that, then they look at the cards that correspond to whatever number they chose, whether it's the single or the two individuals, and they collect those rewards moving up their tokens on their charge or on their income track and their money track and what whatnot. Then you get to buy a card depending on how much money you have. That's how much money you can spend. Like I said, they're all kind of laid out there. You'd pick one. Then you, once again, you deploy the ship that is on the spot where the card that you just bought is going to go. Uh, after that, you reset your money uh, which is where the income track comes in because as that income track creeps up, you don't have to reset your money all the way down to zero because when you buy a card, you have to spend your all your money goes away whether you, it costs all your money or not. So as that income track creeps up, you start off with much more money after you reset your, your money counter. And then you pass the dice to the next player. You refill any empty spots where you might have bought a ship and they roll and the whole thing happens. Now, the only way you get those, I got to reiterate, the only way you get anything on anyone else's turn is to have ships deployed in those sectors and those number values. So if you've only got like a seven and a four and a two deployed and somebody rolls a six and it's double threes, tough luck. You're not getting anything. You're going to just wait until the next player plays, rolls, and then hopefully you'll get something. So there's a big strategy of this game of how you choose to uh, select your ships that you buy, knowing that you're going to deploy, which uh, will you know, give you more options on other players' turns. The other thing is, is that you can stack deployed ships. So you just don't get the one and then you discard one. You keep adding to it. So you can actually really rake in some money and some resources on other players' turns if you stack them up right and if the dice roll right. So there's definitely some randomness to this. There's a lot going on uh, trying to decide what you want to do as far as deploying ships and what cards you want to keep on your board because they give you really good things on your turn. So there's just a lot of cool little decisions going on with that. I do want to bring up some really cool things going on as far as 
the components and the artwork. The cards are the skinny cards, so they're like the same height of like a regular poker card, but they're half as wide. Normally, anything that is not a poker size card or larger annoys the crap out of me. Like they're hard to shuffle, they're they're fiddly, they kind of squirm everywhere. I don't know, I'm not a big fan of it. But in this game, it really, really works. And because you play 12 cards on your player board, if you if those were poker sized, you would have this massive board that you wouldn't even be able to fit on your table, let alone fit two, three, four, five of them. So it works and it keeps the game compact and it's very stylized. The artwork, oh, the artwork is great. It's the ships almost remind me of, um, I guess, almost like a Futurama kind of style. Like they're very cartoony, cool, sci-fi looking. Uh, I really like what's happening with the background of the ship cards as well. The the player boards all have this sort of like rainbow vortex galaxy kind of thing going on across it so like it changes colors and there's different shading and shadowing and all the cards have the background that corresponds to that so 1 through 12 they all line up and it looks like it's just a continuation of that artwork with the ship now on top of it and a couple icons it's really really cool There's a couple things I didn't mention earlier, like some cards you have to charge up before you use them. So if you roll that number, you put a cube on it. And then the next time you roll it, you can activate it. And it uh, usually those cards give you something really, really good, like a lot of money, or they let you swap cards in your your lineup. So it's easier to roll something because all the odds are, are in play here, right? So anything that is seven and up, is much less likely to be rolled or you well you have to roll both of your dice to get those so those as you go seven and up you know seven's pretty common but once you get to eight nine and then definitely 10 11 12 some of those cards do some really powerful things so there's cards that allow you to swap some of that out so you can get those cool rewards much easier so anyway artwork was great the the components are great there's the cool little cubes that track your score are awesome be careful because there's no indents on the on those tracks so if you bump your board they kind of fly everywhere but that's every game that has a score track, right? So this is definitely, it's an engine builder. I, I compare it a, a lot to Valeria because that's one of my favorite engine builders. And I love engine building games. I think it's a cool mechanism and it's very strategic. And I love that about it. But this one is so much different and it's it's lighter weight in a way, but it's not because the decisions you make really affect how you gain resources on other players' turns. And I think the learning curve is much faster. The setup is way, way, way easier because you literally, you know, you have like four stacks of cards that you have to set out on the table and then everybody gets their starting cards in like, that's it. You're ready to go. Super, super easy to set up and clean up. I just think there's a room, there's space for this and Valeria on my shelf. I think they're a lot of fun. I would even say this one could be uh, almost a, I would say it, it is usable as a gateway game 
for uh, folks who haven't played engine building games yet. This one, it, it the learning curve is super easy to teach, and I I really it, it's a there's a lot of fun to be had with it too. There's a lot of great tense moments, and just really clever aha that's gonna work really well for me moments and of course there's just the dice rolling you know the last game i played with my boys there were some moments i was like oh if i roll this if i roll this 11 or if i roll an eight i'm gonna win on this turn and so we're just holding our breath on every dice roll so really cool game i i recommend this one it comes out April 25th of 2018. Check it out. Space Base from AEG and designer John D. Clare. All right, folks, I'm going to put a wrap on this one. Gone kind of long here tonight, but uh, really hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please give me some feedback. Let me know what you think of the show. Head over to Board Games FM. Check out the latest Game Night Cage Fight. And of course, if you're listening, wherever you're listening, whether it's Google Play or iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or I don't even know, there's a ton of places this show goes, wherever you're listening, if you wouldn't mind giving me a review and a rating, that is so awesome. I really appreciate it. If you really like the show and you want to subscribe so you get every episode sent to you, also very, very much appreciated. And always, if you want to share it with your friends, that's even better. So anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys get a chance to play Space Base soon. Let me know if you're the type who likes to prepare for things or just wing it. (laughs) I could talk about that subject for hours, literally, because I just find it fascinating the way people approach different things. Even like us with our vacation style, we plan things like short notice let's go we're not planners at all when it comes to vacations anyway i told you i could talk about forever thanks so much for tuning in i'm jeremiah isley and you know what that's how i roll thanks for rolling with us today that's how i roll is produced by jeremiah isley and brought to you by theology of games If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and drive safe.